You're listening to locally produced programming created in KUNV Studios on Public Radio, KUNV 91.5. You're listening to special programming sponsored by Making Moves Life Coaching Services. The content of this program does not reflect the views or opinions of 91.5 Jazz and More, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. Good morning, Las Vegas. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and more. I'm excited. I got two of uh, my colleagues with the Black Achievement Fund that'll be on air with us shortly. However, I got some sad news to announce. Uh, we lost another great person, a giant in our community, uh, the life of Dr. I call him doctor because he was a really, really cool dude. He got a lot done as a businessman and an activist in our community. Mr. Sammy Armstrong recently transitioned, so we certainly want to extend our sympathy and deepest condolences to his family. Yep, Brother Sam Armstrong has left this earth, and we know and hope that God will be pleased with the work that he did while here on this earth. In that vein, next week we're going to have three of his dear friends to come on and we're going to talk a little bit about some of the things that Sammy actually did in our community. That's Mr. Elgin Simpson and Mr. Alfonso Eason and Mr. Bob Connor. So we'll have them on the show next week to talk about uh, some of the things that our dear friend Sammy uh, did while in our community. And then, of course, uh, we recently, uh, this past week, uh, took care of the the remains of our good brother Leonard Ladd, a fire service person. He, he worked for Las Vegas Fire and Rescue for a number of years. He was the second uh, president of our association within our community of Las Vegas Fire and Rescue. So thank you all, and uh, again, keep Brother Sammy as well as Brother Leonard's uh, family in your in your prayers. Now, Miss Deidre Wilson and Miss Faith of the Black Achievement Fund. I am so pleased. We've had Sister Deidre on before, and I'll tell you guys real quickly, she is a master at meditation. I'm, <laughs> these, these folks are up on, on the other side of our country at 9. I'm up at 6 a.m., man, trying to shake it off. But most folks know I get up early anyway, but she runs a, a dynamic show. And then, of course, Miss Faith, I haven't been with her in a while. She does the exercise program for the Black Achievement Fund. With that, Miss D, would you uh, just kind of give a little background on yourself and how long you've been a member of the Black Achievement Fund? Okay. Sure. Uh, so my name is Deirdre Fields Wilson, um, married to a great gentleman here in the studio with me. Um, the Black Achievement Fund. Uh, we've I've been a member of Black Achievement Fund since 2020, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I joined uh, because we were looking at different programs. You know, I always like to get involved in what's mm-hmm. going on in the black community right. and trying to make things better. And so mm-hmm. we found this organization and it talked about Freedom Georgia and it talked about having land and 
building a city and mm-hmm. I saw it and I vetted it for a few months and got excited and joined it and now they got their hooks in me. <laughs> I can't get out. So well, we tell tell, tell us just a little bit before we go to Miss Faith. Talk a little bit about the meditation program that you run every Saturday morning. Okay, so what I did is uh, we have a hard job in the black community trying to build us. So we always need something to help us stay focused and stay positive. Mm -hmm. So meditation is one of those things that helps you, you know, do, do what you have to do even when you're tired, when things are strained and things are tough. Right. So I started the meditation program in order to help the help black achievement fund members Mm -hmm. deal with the pressures that we're going to experience as we grow this business uh, right now we call it smy taiwi connection smy taiwi is the word for unification um is an ancient word that mm. goes back to kemet mm. and we a lot of us think that yoga and meditation has to do with asia but mm-hmm. uh it was existed, existed long before asia mm. and the name is smy taiwi that's joining the higher self with the mm-hmm. lower self okay so it's a process we do meditation then we move to yoga, mm-hmm. then we move to fitness okay. because we feel like all three is what's necessary for our community. Absolutely. Perfect segue into our sister friend, Miss Faith. Tell us a little bit about yourself, sister, and give us some detail on your program, if you would. And then, of course, we're certainly going to circle back and talk about what you guys are embarking upon in terms of being in charge of fundraising efforts for the Black Achievement Fund. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Sorry I wasn't able to be with you last time. However, um, I'm a fitness enthusiast. So um, I joined the Black Achievement Fund uh, in February of 2021. And by the summer, um, let me back up and say I am a marathon walker. I've walked... uh, marathons all over the world and i've done 35 half marathons eight full marathons on three continents and so uh, by the summer of 2021 i was in training mode and i suggested to the black achievement fund you know that we get together and walk or you know do some sort of fitness Mm -hmm. And so, brother, our president, brother Aki, was like, "Yes, go right ahead." And you know, we were we're on Zoom because we're all over the world. Mm-hmm. The Black Achievement Fund members are. So, we started with um, thirty minutes of fitness, thirty mm-hmm. minutes of walking. And I'm, uh, as I mentioned, a fitness enthusiast. So I roller skate, I hula hoop. And uh, I was a personal trainer, so I do strength training. You know, when you're over 60, you got to keep it together. (laughs) So that's how we started. We come together and um, we we do a warm up and then everyone could do whatever workouts they're used to. It wasn't like I was trying to get everybody to do the same thing. We just needed to be together to keep each other accountable. Right. And so that's where it, it branched into, you know, what it is today. You know, I can tell you, Miss Faith, I have never been a quote unquote gym rat. I work out on my own. But yet just some of the, the things that we get into, whether it's doing the meditation part of our Saturday morning 
or the physical fitness part. And I recall when you introduced them doggone bands. I'm like, who she thinks she... I am. <laughs> I'm an old man. And I always tell y'all about my age, but I don't. you don't give anybody a break. But you always do it in such a way that no one is going to injure themselves. And I, I love the way you run things, and it is my intent to get back uh, involved with your part of Saturday morning as it relates to physical fitness with the Black Achievement Fund. Well, now, you guys are on to, you're doing some very exciting stuff with regards to uh, fundraising. So, Ms. Deidre, could you talk about some of the things that you're doing? And then Ms. Faith will come back to you. But I think it's important for for our world to know because this show, even though we're, we're taping the show, and I don't mind people knowing, but uh, it can be picked up anywhere in the world because there's an app that you can get. Just go to the app store. It's free. So um, talk to us about what you're doing, Ms. Deidre. Well, the Black Achievement Fund is a not-for-profit 501c3 organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything you give to the Black Achievement Fund, you can get back from the government 100%. Um, our goal is to put black money back into black hands. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're working on. And our original goal was to get some land. Okay, And it took us... It took us maybe two years. It might have took us a little long. Uh, we didn't do the proper um, advertising to build it up. Mm-hmm. But the little bit we did allowed us to raise over $60,000. Mm-hmm. And we were able to buy six acres of land. We are so excited. We yeah, purchased yeah. it. We have no mortgage on it. Ooh, lordy, lordy. So now we're in phase two. Mm-hmm. And Sister Faith, Miss Faith came up with a awesome idea how to raise some money and so now we're pursuing the phase two where we have to we have to get a well we have to mm-hmm. pave the great ground mm-hmm. we have to get a septic tank electricity right and our goal is to have a big celebration next year on our own land that we own collectively mm, great. and uh so we've been doing a lot of work um and this is miss faith baby so let her explain further come on miss faith Yes, yes. Well, for those of you that are familiar with Kwanzaa, during Kwanzaa, there is a karamu on the night of Kaumba, Kaumba being creativity. So we, being creative as we are, we're having a fundraising dinner. The Kaumba, the creativity part, Mm -hmm. um, and the feast is the caramel, and that's our dinner. So we're, we're raising funds, and we're doing it by having a souvenir program booklet. Mm. And we're asking everybody to become a patron in our souvenir program booklet for only $10. That's it, $10. That's great. That's so easy. And then we're asking everybody to share it with their friends, family, you know, church member, Saras, frats, everybody, and ask them to be a patron for $10. So let me ask you this, Ms. Faith. So Mm -hmm. is that for individual listings or can you do it as a person and or as a business? Well, we do. Uh, we do have opportunities for ads for hmm. businesses. Oh, okay. However, the patrons is just their name. Okay. Just their name for Got $10 it. on, you know, listed with 
everybody saying, you know, congratulations, Black Achievement Fund on your first, you know, Mm -hmm. six acres of land. But yes, we do. We do want business ads as well. Mm -hmm. We have full page, half page, quarter page and business card sizes. So what we like to ask folks to do is pull out their cell phones and type in donor d-o-r-n-o-r mm-hmm. box b-o-x dot o-r-g slash kwanza ball k-w-a-n-z-a-a-b-a-l-l when they type that in the information will come up you'll see a wonderful kwanza picture a family mm-hmm. celebrating kwanza and you'll see a little bit about the uh, program and about what we're raising money for our mm-hmm. little Kimmet our retreat, and then Excellent. the options to be a patron or to purchase an ad. Okay, wonderful. And I w- would like you to repeat that again because that's a lot. But uh, so let's repeat that again, if you would, because I definitely want people sure. to participate. Sure, donor box dot org slash kwanza ball d o n o r b o x dot o r g slash k w a n z a a b a l l great did i miss anything sister d <laughs> no that's, that's <laughs> excellent great job and you know i i, I need to get your number from uh Ms. Deidre, because I want to maintain some contact with you. You know, from time to time, I just straight out mentioned the Black Achievement Fund. And I know we've had Brother Aki on the show several times, but I, I want to continue to, because I know it's, it's a lot of work. And, and we, gonna, we if everybody just do something, and I try to do yes. my share by promoting yes. through this radio show, once again, Las Vegas, you're listening to Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. And my engineer, producer, director is looking at me, and I'm, I'm, he's going to give me a finger here. Not that finger, no. He's going <laughs> to give me a count, y'all. <laughs> we got we got two minutes to wrap up, ladies. Look, I'm excited and so appreciative. And I was I was so excited when Miss Deja, I'm going to be in town. Oh, I, no, man, I don't want her on the, on the telephone. I want her in the studio. Mm-hmm. Give us some closing remarks, both of you, if you would. Oh, well, closing remarks, like Miss Faith said, we'd like everyone to come to KwanzaaBall.org slash DonorBox.org slash KwanzaaBall. Black Achievement Fund, that's um, BAF.Solutions, www.baf.solutions slash join. Join us. Become a member of the Black Achievement Fund. It's only $9 a month. We... Uh, we're working on our foundation members. That's 10,000 members at, at $9 a month. Uh, our ultimate goal is 10 million members. Those 10 million members at $9 a month will gross us over a billion dollars a year, which means we can build schools and hospitals and dentists and buy land and put all kinds of stuff on it. And it's a lot <laughs> we could do. Info sessions on Sunday at 2 p.m and by YouTube uh, mm-hmm. presentations. And it's very important because we want everyone to have a chance to say, oh, we don't think it's going to work. So we could prove that it will work. All right. Miss Faith, closing remarks. Uh, just 
to mention the Las Vegas time on Sundays, it would be, what, 11, I believe, 11 a.m. your time. Okay, yes. For the info Info session. Oh, yeah, okay, great. We'd love to have you all join us on an info session Mm -hmm. and hear more about the Black Achievement Fund. Wonderful, wonderful. I'm pleased that we were able to get Ms. Deidre in the studio, and maybe someday you'll be traveling west Miss Faith, and we'll get you on the show as well, live and in color, even though we're being taped. Thank you, ladies, so much. Uh, these are members of the Black Achievement Fund who get things done. Thank you so much for coming on Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. Once again, this is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and more. And as we air today, this is Veterans Day. And in that vein, I have Dr. Crabb. She's going to give us a little indication of who she is. Very exciting lady. Lots of energy. And I met her a few weeks ago here at the studio. So, uh, Doc, tell us who you are in terms of your your military background and your, it's not medical, it's not considered medical what you do. It's considered it's well, mind kinda. medicine. <laughs> okay, mind medicine. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so I am. Um, I am a Marine Corps veteran. Happy birthday, Marines! Hoorah! Hoorah! <laughs> Looking good for being over two hundred years old. Yes. Um, and I served in the first Gulf War mm-hmm. during Operation Desert Storm. I was attached to Headquarters Battery Tenth Marines. I was there. I was part of their admin unit, mm-hmm. and we deployed when they deployed. I come from a long history of military people really yeah yeah so my my husband is also a prior service marine mm-hmm. who has broken service and then went back in as an um navy chaplain my nephew mm. <laughs> actually was in the army national guard mm-hmm. my sister was a combat veteran in oif oef my um cousin was actually in the navy and my other cousin was in the army well, I definitely want to get your husband on the show sometime, if you don't mind coming on. Oh. If you would kind of broach that with him for me, I would appreciate it. I will definitely nudge it. And while we are over here nudging, um, my husband's father was actually in the Air Force and actually a POW uh-huh. um, as wow. part of his Air Force career. And um, the lovely lady that I had in the studio earlier today, mm-hmm. uh, by a woman by the name of Althea Williams, runs an organization called She Vets It. And her cousin <laughs> is a retired colonel who, it turns out, has a proclamation for a day named after him, hmm. <laughs> Colonel Jimmy Jones Day, and um, has a really interesting story. So there are a lot of wonderful veterans around that we may not have had an opportunity to have conversations with. Absolutely. So we're Great. here, y'all. Okay, cool. She Vets is the name of the organization? She Vets It. She Vets It. She Vets It. Okay. And um, that lovely lady, she uh, her own personal story is that she enlisted when she was 39. Mm. <laughs> I hope you can have her on the show one day so Absolutely. she can tell you the story. Sure. Enlisted at 39, um, did time in Afghanistan, and then was in a head-on collision and got a TBI. Mm. And then when she returned from the service, she started an organization, first as a meeting spot for women to get together and gather in community. Mm-hmm. And that has expanded to a, a platform where she invites speakers to come and share resources and their gifts and knowledge around how to support other veterans. And she's in the process of launching something else called He Vets It. Mm, excellent, excellent. So. Well, as we sit here and talk, we know that this month also, along with Veterans Day, is 
Thanksgiving, and we certainly want to thank God and, and, and pray for there be some, I guess, pausing, if you will, in the Middle East, because human life is human life. And I know that uh, war has been around mankind for many, many moons and probably ain't going nowhere. But certainly uh, during this time of the year, we got to think about those because we're all human beings when it's all said and done. And also today, later today, is the Bayou Classic. The mm. Bayou Classic. <laughs> Me and my wife, our, our daughter, and I should say go Southern if I don't say that my Youngest daughter Amber will be on my case because she graduated from Southern University. But Doc, uh, tell us about a little bit about your military background. You said you were in a administrative battery. I was the headquarters battery to an okay. artillery unit that deployed to Desert Storm. Ar- artillery. Yeah, unit. yeah. I know. Party with Artie. So, so, <laughs> so tell me or tell the the listening audience, how did you evolve? Or what was your inspiration? to becoming a clinical psychologist, a psychologist, right? Mm-hmm. So, how, did that, how did that come about? Well, you and, know, and, and where are you from? Oh, so I was born in Kingston, Jamaica. Oh. I was raised in Brooklyn, New York. Okay. And you spoke to my second love language, which is my psychology mm-hmm. degree. And mm-hmm. I became, um, I got a, a clinical, I'm sorry, I got a PsyD in clinical psychology. Mm-hmm. And so, One of the things that I discovered after I left the military was the challenges around transitioning Mm -hmm. into this universe from that universe. And actually, I had not even considered psychology as something that was for me because I was raised like a lot of people where, you know, you pray it away, Mm -hmm. you talk to your friends, you Mm -hmm. talk to your family. We just don't do mental Mm -hmm. health. And then on December 29th, 1999, I was attacked outside my apartment door in the Bronx. Mm. And following that attack, I started to have PTSD symptoms. Mm. And at the time, I still did not consider going to a psychologist because I'm a Marine, right? Right. Like, I'm tougher than this. I'm stronger than this. I'm better than this. Firefighters, we got that same mentality. Yeah. I mean, I don't get PTSD. Right. You know, so it got to a point where it was unavoidable and uh, and I couldn't ignore it. I Mm. couldn't sleep. You Mm -hmm. know, I was hearing footsteps. It made it hard to leave my house. And that was the point in which I realized that I was losing my ability to function effectively Mm -hmm. and I needed to talk to someone. Mm. And at that time in New York, they had a program where if you were a victim of a violent crime, Mm -hmm. they had a therapist that you could see for free. And that's where I met Lisa Lubell. Mm -hmm. And that's when I first started my mental health journey. Mm. And, you know, like a lot of people, I was resistant. Like, you know, this ain't for me. Right, right. (laughs) You know. And after I attended a a few sessions, I realized something that I hadn't realized. You mean there are people in this world that will listen to me Mm. non-judgmentally and help me sort through this this firestorm that is my life, and and I can and I can use this opportunity to grow and be stronger. Mm -hmm. And then I decided, you know, I want to be that, especially for our military. Sure. You know, at at seventy-two years of age now, I still thank God that I did not go. I'm a Vietnam era veteran. I, I did not go into the war zone. I went to Korea. In fact, I got court-martialed, sent back home in handcuffs. We won't go into the details of all that madness that I was involved in. But the point is, you know, God didn't want me in that in, in that kind of atmosphere, that kind of environment. I can tell you that I know that I would be a different person today. And for you to be doing what you're doing, I think it's so critical because to see someone with their head blown off, arm blown off, 
and you don't it's got to have an effect on, on, a, on a fellow human being. And for you to be doing what you're doing is, is admirable. But I know it's hard work because and, and, and like you said, for someone to listen to you is a key. And can I tell Ooh. you something? You know, the, the thing that we don't talk about. So when we talk about thank you for your service, mm-hmm. you know, whenever I say it now, I say thank you for your service and your sacrifice. The sacrifice. Because we don't talk about the sacrifice. Right. We don't talk about the cost of service. And we don't talk about the cost of service on mental health. We don't talk about the cost of service on your body. Mm-hmm. You know, I you know when I when I was working at the VA, you'd have twenty something year old with like seventy something year old body injuries. Mm-hmm. You know, why at the age of twenty are you walking with a cane, right, or something like that? We don't we don't talk about those pieces. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about the moral injury. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing that you mentioned about having to kill as part of your job description. Right. And it is part of your job description. We don't always have to f- fulfill that part of our job description. Mm-hmm. But there are going to be circumstances where you, a 20-something-year-old, mm-hmm. are going to have to decide That's right. if that person should live or die. Mm-hmm. And we don't think about that. And we don't talk about that. And we don't talk about what it does to someone to have to carry that weight. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong. You know, as service men and women, when we sign up for the contract, when we join the organization, we know what we're signing up for. We right. do. Right. We do. Mm-hmm. But but the love for us should extend beyond the battlefield. Absolutely. You know, once we take off the uniform, our value does not diminish. <laughs> you know, and, and again, I've said it publicly when I was working as a fire chief. I'd say in public settings that, hey, America should do a better job in looking out for her service people, particularly after they finish up their tour duty or their their stint, their their career. But we don't do it, not at the level that we should. We're sending money all over the place. But when it comes down to taking care of our own, that should be number one priority. And if I was ever in a position and at 72, it probably won't happen now. <laughs> I'm on the downside. I mean, I'm in sudden death overtime, as we sometimes say in the fire service. But, you know, it's important for for our country to do a better job and take because we got a lot of veterans out in the field, homeless, walking. Around. Now, some people don't want to be helped, but those who we can help, we need to. You know, I'm getting a signal over here from from Mr. West to wrap it up. So, Doc, give us some closing remarks. And again, we will have you back on. And I'm excited to hear that you have a show of your own. I do. I, I'm on Let's Talk UNLV um, <laughs> with my wonderful co-host, Alicia. So. Um, To your point, I think that one of the most important things that we can do in order to help our veterans Mm -hmm. is to make sure that the providers that provide for our veterans are culturally competent. Great. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and more. And I'm looking at Wes and he's got this certain look and I know the look. So, Doc, thank you so much. And I certainly want to get you back on again. And please tell your husband I want to talk to him because I think it will be very important to get a chaplain. Yes. On our airwaves. Happy birthday, Marines. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and more. Talk to you next Sunday when we'll have some more guests to talk to you.